Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. According to the National Christmas Tree Association, and yes, there is a Christmas Tree Association, if you can believe that, there are approximately 25 to 30 million, million real Christmas trees sold in the U.S. every year. And while it may seem commonplace to securing a holiday tree, there are some mysteries surrounding the outdoor vegetation we bring indoor every December. To Christmas tree or not to Christmas tree? That is the question, and we at Triangle 411 have the answer. We are going right to the source on this one, the back Acres Christmas Tree Farm in Raleigh, North Carolina, is family-owned and was founded by Frank Barrick after he retired from the North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission. Receiving Best of Honors and featured on ABC National News and other outlets, Brad Barrick of Back Acres is here to walk us through it. And that's Back Acres acres, like your back aches, A-C-H-E-R-S. Welcome, Brad. Thank you. It's nice to be with you. Well, we're happy to have you tell us about everything, the good, the bad, the ugly with Christmas tree shopping. And, you know, you're, I want to start with this before we get into those particulars. The name of your farm is very interesting. How did the farm get its name, Back Acres? My brother and I, as young kids, named the farm. We always had an aching back after Dad worked us all day. So that's how we came up with Back Acres. And then when Dad started selling Christmas trees, it became Back Acres Christmas Tree Farm. That's a cute story. And while we're speaking of the farm, give us a brief history about it. Well, the farm has been in the family now over 70 years. My father started planting pine trees in 1978 as he was preparing to retire from the state of North Carolina. And um, um, in 1983, he started selling the trees at lots like most people do. And after uh, a couple of years of that, why he decided, well, no, we're going to have a choosing cup where people can come to the farm and choose their tree. And at that time, I think he had uh, three or four different species of trees, like the Virginia pine, the white pine, and cedars. And then he would also sell the Fraser fir trees that are cut in the mountains. Later on, he started planting Leyland cypress, green giant arborvita, and Carolina sapphires. And today we have a total of seven species at the farm here. The last one being the blue ice, which is uh, just now uh, getting ready to be a Christmas tree. Can you give us a description of blue ice? That's not a that's not a real familiar one, like Fraser firs and such. Well, the blue ice is a very pretty fr- tree, has, has fragrance, 
and it has a bluish, a very bluish uh, tint to mm. it. It looks a lot like the Carolina Sapphire, only it is more has more of a bluish uh, color to it. Nice. So, so let's get into some of the nitty gritty about uh, getting a tree. What is the ideal time to buy a tree? Sometime between now and Christmas. The, um, <laughs> um, in fact, in fact, we've already had people here. Here it is, the seventeenth of November, and people have already come to uh, purchase their trees, uh, particularly the large trees. Uh, when I say large trees, I'm going to say up to fourteen feet tall because people like to have those big trees up before Thanksgiving. And so, but uh, we officially open on the 18th, which is this tomorrow, Saturday, and we'll be open every day until the trees are sold or just before two or three days before Christmas. And um, uh, the weekends are busy. Thanksgiving week is busy. Uh, we have a lot of people coming out on Thanksgiving, and we are open all day on Thanksgiving. Mm. And so the real key to the trees once you cut them, particularly if you cut them early, is to keep them watered. Mm, okay. And um, so you have you have cut your own tree, but you also have some already cut or no? Yes. You do. We have the seven, well, there's five of the seven species I mentioned can be cut. The other two species just aren't large enough or ready to be cut. But uh, then we have Fraser firs that we bring in from the mountains that are anywhere from six feet tall up to 14 feet tall. Okay, good. All righty. So in case you don't want to, like you say, break your back, <laughs> have your back ache, um, you can always just purchase a tree. So that's good to know. So tell us Correct. maybe your top five, four or five tips to picking the right tree. What should we be looking for when we choose a tree? Well, I tell people that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And some people like a Charlie Brown tree, like in a Virginia pine. Other people want a very formal-looking tree. Some people want a tree that does not appear to have been sheared and shaped. Um, and, and so we try to accommodate all the above. Um, and um, uh, But, in, you know, for people who really want to get a nice tree, why they want a straight trunk and they want to full the fullness of the tree and um, the different trees are going to be decorated differently because the uh, because of the limbs and the strength of the limbs the carolina sapphires uh Leyland cypress and green giant arborvitaes are not going to carry the heavy ornaments as the fraser fir or the virginia pines interesting and I've, I've heard some concerning things about the cedar's thorns well, the cedar is a very fragrant tree. The red cedar is a very fragrant tree and um, very, very nicely shaped, but it has tiny thorns in it, and um, and they, they do have this cedar sap, so they're very difficult to see. They're almost transparent. So when I see uh, customers with young kids, I tell them about the needles, uh, the little thorns in the trees, because... They are so difficult to uh, remove um, if their um, um, if the young child gets them in their finger. Mm, okay, so lots to know about this more than people might have thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What do you uh, think is, and I know you're saying beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but do you find one tree is more popular than the other going out the door at your lot? Well, farm, we, sell more, we sell more Fraser firs than any other tree. Of the trees that are cut here, um, I would say the Carolina sapphire is the most popular, but, you know, the Leyland cypress and the green giants are right behind it. Um, and I probably sell the fewest cedars. There's a high demand for the white pine, but my white pines aren't large enough to be cut yet. And then, of course, then there's also the uh, Virginia pine, and a lot of people like the Virginia pine. I mean, all of the trees really have a, a nice fragrance. Um, and um, um, but here again, I mean, people like different mm-hmm. different trees. Mm-hmm. Different strokes for and different folks, they say. That's it. <laughs> okay. So now let me ask you this. Is there any benefit to cutting down your own tree as opposed to just taking one that's already pre-cut there on the farm? No, there's no real advantage. Of people. Some people just love to cut their own tree. It's a, like a family tradition or something. And so and, and that's fine. But all the trees are going to last and uh, they're nice trees. Okay. And uh, and you did mention you have even some Charlie Brown Christmas tree types out there. I'm sorry? And you did mention that you even have Charlie Brown type Christmas trees yeah, out the there. Yeah, Char- the Charlie Browns are primarily in the in the um, uh, Virginia pine. And the Virginia pine is the complement of the northern scotch pine. And very often, that's the tree that you see on the Charlie Brown shows and mm-hmm. Christmas shows for kids and things like that. It's a, it's a fun tree, and there's many clients that come out and say, hey, I want to go find a Charlie Brown tree. <laughs> that's cool. Something for everybody at uh, Back Acres, for sure. So what's, Well, we try. <laughs> yes, and, and, and I sense that, a real caring kind of attitude, uh, family kind of experience so so that's great so once we get this christmas tree brad what's the best way to keep it fresh well i tell people the best way to keep it fresh is to keep it watered room temperature water do we we, well first of all when when people come out to get a tree we give it a fresh cut on the base so that all the pores are open and it can start drawing water um, and then secondly, we wrap it up in a netting, a beautiful, uh, uh, nylon, uh, kind of green and, and red and Christmassy netting, which makes it a lot easier to get into the, um, get into the house and it just easily cuts off with scissors. And, um, but then in terms of caring for the tree, keep it watered. People ask about sugar or soda or something like that. And I say, well, the sugar and the soda is as good for the tree as it is for your uh, to put into your gas tank of your automobile. Mm. Because what happens is the sugar, soda, the different things will simply plug up the pores in the base of the tree and it will stop taking water. So the best thing, again, is to keep the tree watered, lukewarm water, water every day. In fact, some of the Frasers might take two waterings a day because they, they will suck up so much water. But just like a bouquet of flowers, you have to keep them watered. And after a certain amount of time, um, they're going to die. 
-hmm. and the uh, particularly the needle trees, the Fraser firs, will always drop needles. That's just part of what they do. Okay. All right. And staying with the theme of, you know, once we have this tree, what do we do? We just talked about the best way to keep it fresh. Is there a proper proper way to dispose of a Christmas tree? Well, there is. In town, most people uh, put it out on the street and, and the collection service comes by. And what they very often do is take them to a compost area where they're ground up and, and used. If you're in the country, why... Uh, uh, and and someone will let you do it. They're always good to be. You can put them in the edge of a, a pond or a lake if you're permitted to do it. And a lot of times those are nice fish beds mm. uh, for the bass and crappie uh, of fish. Um, and, um, and other times people that live in the country might just simply put an outdoor burn pile and, and burn it. But... Um, uh, those are probably the most common ways that people dispose of the mm-hmm. of the trees. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but there was a realty company that would collect the trees and then take them up to the coast for, um, you know, for kind of a recycle, reuse, putting it towards the good of the environment. So uh, people can really look into different ways. It's not just always putting it at the curb, like you're saying. Um, so here's a couple more, and then we're, we're almost ready to wrap here. What if you find uh, bugs in your tree? You know, I have not had a problem with bugs. My trees are as close to um, organic as you can get. The only thing I do for the trees is to put about one ounce of nitrogen fertilizer on them in around the base in the spring. Um, but we we have not had any issues uh, with any kind of with bugs. In some cases, there may be a nest of aphids in the tree, and if that happens and we don't see it, and all of a sudden they start breaking out in the house, the best thing to do is to not try to kill them and smash them because they'll make red spots, but to vacuum them up with a vacuum, suck them up, and then throw the bag away after you've, you've finished the, the vacuum process. If they're real bad, why well, you might have to dispose of the of the tree. But again, I mean, I've been doing this every Christmas, the full Christmas since 2014, and there has never been anyone coming back saying, hey, we had a big nest of aphids in the tree. Okay. But part of that may be is because we shake the tree to take out any dead leaves, needles, and things like that. We give it a very, very good shaking before we net it up to uh, put it on the cars mm-hmm. for the people. Okay. Now, here's the opposite of that, the other side of the coin. Um, I've heard different stories about the bird nests. If you get a Christmas tree and you get it home and you find a bird nest in it, what have you heard about that? <laughs> well, every once in a while they do have a bird nest, but like I say, with with the way we shake the trees, the nests generally come out, and sometimes you know we'll hold the whole nest and ask the family if they want to keep the bird nest. But um, there's, to my knowledge, there's not very many trees that leave here with a bird nest still intact in the tree because of the way we shake it. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's some German fo- folklore. Uh, 
that promises good health and prosperity if you find a bird's nest in your Christmas tree, and also that that represents love, commitment, and the effort it takes to build a happy home. So um, so mm-hmm. sometimes bad things are good things, <laughs> if you believe in yeah. that. But um, speaking about happy homes and, and, and family affairs, where it's, where it's either cutting down your tree or picking one, can you share your most memorable time on the farm? Well, I tell you, I still laugh about the time that two senior medical, pre-med medical students came out from Duke University. They wanted a big tree. It was a rainy, drizzly, cloudy, cold day. So I pointed them in the direction of where the big trees are. They came back about 15 minutes and said, Brad, Brad, we found our tree. All you have to do is cut it and put it on the car. Well, first of all, they are driving a tiny, tiny compact car. But we got into the cart. We went out into the field. And I'm thinking, gee, these fields are so incredibly thick. And we were crawling under Mm. pine limbs and everything else to get in. They finally, I didn't think they'd ever find the tree. Mm. And so they said, this is it. It was a little clearing. The tree was probably 17, 18 feet tall. So I said, girls, I've got to be across town. And I said, it's already 4.30 and getting dark. Can you come back tomorrow morning with a truck? <laughs> they said, yes, we can. Well, I didn't think I'd ever see them again. But sure enough, they came back the next morning at 9 o'clock, and they had a truck. Now, keep in mind, this is about a 17, 18-foot mm. tree, and this was a little S10 pickup truck with a six-foot bed on it. <laughs> Probably not as good as the car they had, but I went into the woods to cut the tree down for them. I had to literally cut out about 10 Virginia pines just to be able to snake the tree out of this particular area. Mm. And uh, I lifted it up with the forks of the tractor. I came around and I swung the butt of the tree into the uh, back of the pickup truck. Well, we got the tailgate up. And the tree was just maybe a, the end of the tree was maybe a foot off the ground as they're driving. I I could not find anything red or yellow to put on the end of the tree. I said, girls, I hope you don't get a ticket on the way back to Durham. Well, the good thing is they didn't. They sent me a text later on that night and said it took us three hours. These two girls did this themselves. They're senior. They were very athletic. Both of them were on the track team at Duke and farm girls from Pennsylvania. And so it took them three hours. Somehow they were able to, they lived in a um, warehouse apartment in Durham, and somehow they hoisted the tree up from the top, tied it off to the rafters of this uh, uh, apartment, and they had the butt of it in rocks. And they sent me a picture of it. I think those photographs of the girls Bailey and Teddy, I don't know why I remember the names that far back, but I do. And they're standing beside the truck with a tree hanging out the end. And then I think there's another photograph of the uh, where they had it decorated and had put lights down the uh, down the tree. So uh, but but that was that's probably the most memorable event that we had here. That's a great story. I recall. There's there's photos of this tree and the girls on the uh, website. And would you please give us that link? Give us your website. Backacres 
christmastreefarm.com. One more time. Back Acres Christmas Tree Farm dot com. And again, we're talking about uh, not acres as in property. We're talking about your back ache. So make sure you spell A-C-H, that. A-C-H, correct. A-C-H-E-R-S. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I think that uh, people will listen to this and glean so much information they never even knew before. And have a holly jolly Christmas. Well, thank you. And if anybody does have questions that listens, they're more than welcome to call. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411, hoping that you got a lot of information. I sure learned some things today. And today's pocket, keep the spirit of Christmas alive all year.